What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to The Booch Cast. This week, ladies and gentlemen, we are completing our Big Mouth reviews, at least for now, as we will be putting out the Season 6 review of Big Mouth. Unfortunately, I didn't have enough room on last week's show to add it to the whole entire thing. I thought I could. I tried to experiment with it, but for whatever reason, I did not have enough room for this Season 6 review. So as I mentioned, it is being put here on its own separate track. And while I'm here um, putting this on its own separate track, I'm also going to address something else real quick before we get into the season six review. As you know, for the last few months, um, we've been kind of doing a little uh, flip-flopping as it were. And what I mean by that is some episodes that we've put out have been classic episodes that were featured on our SoundCloud page that are now being brought here to Anchor. Because as I mentioned many, many times before, I've been trained transitioning things off of SoundCloud and onto Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And then we've also had new episodes that we've put out or things that we might have recorded a long time ago but didn't really have a place to put them and then finally inserted them into a day or a week when they could be produced. And part of the reason we've done these odd combos is because A, I'm trying to get everything moved over from SoundCloud to here because I want to get rid of the SoundCloud cloud page permanently but also because here on the Boochcast, we're kind of been taking a little bit of a semi break a semi hiatus from the podcasting uh obviously i'm still putting out the episodes with lance goodman because you know the football season's still going on so lance and i have still been putting out content together so that's kind of been where i've been doing podcast wise but i've kind of given zach a little bit of a break as far as the nxt and the aew we've kind of just taken a break from that mostly because a we've been getting burned out but B, I also want to focus on some of our social media stuff that we need to work on. I want to try to get some YouTube videos put up. I want to do more things with the Twitch channel. I'm trying to get the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram up and running. And also, we've needed a fucking break. I just got to be brutally honest with you guys. We've needed a break. Zach and I have been going hard uh, for months and months, putting everything out together. Uh, we've been burned out, tired, pissed off. Um, sometimes it's been reflected in some of the episodes, but luckily for us, we've been able to, uh, you know, make it funny. So as a way to kind of put content out for you guys here on the podcast, while also focusing on the other Boochcast related content that we want to put out, we took it upon ourselves to just say, hey, uh, for the beginning of uh, 2023, let's just take a break from the podcasting and kind of focus on the other things. And then when the time is right, we will make our return. But I knew I couldn't do that to Lance Goodman because, you know, Lance and I are collaborating. So I definitely wanted to make sure that we put something out for you guys every week, at least until the football season's over. Then eventually we'll find something else for Lance to do. I know I want to do the dark side of football with him. I hope he's uh, down for doing that. Um, I have advertised it because I don't think Lance would say no to that. It'll give us something to do in the offseason. Um, I've also been considering bringing somebody on as an NBA correspondent, maybe doing some basketball related stuff. Uh, so with, in that regard, we'll still be putting out content. But as far as, like they said, the NXT and the AEWs, we're going to be taking a break from that for a little while and eventually when we come back we'll be able to um you know be re-energized reinvigorated and have everything back up and running we're just trying to get other shit together outside of the podcast world so that's why everything's just kind of been you know on the up and up and doing the combination things that way we can still get content out to you guys while also maintaining other stuff that we have to do so this is still going to be going on for a little while but eventually we are going to circle back and be able to pump out content for you guys um i don't have an exact date on when we'll be back you know up and running but i would definitely say by wrestlemania time we will be ready to go i guarantee it so i just wanted to clarify that here at the beginning of the show and right now i'm gonna take a short break here and when i come back we'll have your season six review of big mouth here on the booch cast so you guys sit tight i shall return right after this Every minute's like a hundred hours Every hour's like a million years I'm drowning in an ocean of lonely isolation My parents' every loving utterance Is like a dagger plunging into my ears I'm seething with a murderous desperation Endless peaking, joyless, zooming The loneliness is all-consuming Moron. 
Welcome back to the Boochcast. During the break, we played the song, I'm So Horny. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we will commence with the season six review of Big Mouth. And I gotta say, this season was, it was decent. I mean, it had some really good moments. It had some really funny moments. But overall, I felt like some of these episodes were pandering to the woke culture a little bit, which is why I didn't really enjoy it as much as I did the other seasons. I also thought as gross and disgusting as this show usually gets, I felt that a lot of these episodes had way too much disgusting shit in them. I think it was a little too gross, even for me. Like, it was getting kind of into that Paradise PD level of disgusting, which, you know, in general, I found Paradise PD to be a funny show as well, but there are times where it gets a little too disgusting to the point where I can't even look at the screen. And I thought that Big Mouth did that a lot, and it was a bit of a turnoff for me. Now, it starts with the first episode, The Hookup House. And I like this episode because it starts off with everybody getting snowed in, and everybody's, like, you know, trapped in their houses because there's heavy snow outside, and they start off by singing this song about the fact that they've been, you know, using Zoom calls and not having much contact with the human race and not really going outside. And basically it boils down to everybody's locked in their houses and they're horny as fuck because <laughs> they haven't been laid. And obviously it's hilarious. <laughs> Because <laughs> I think that was a underlying theme of anybody being snowed in. If you got like a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend that you can't really see because you're snowed in, your first thought is, I'm fucking horny and I'm stuck here. So I thought that was kind of funny. But I also kind of felt like it was also kind of hinting around at the COVID lockdown a little bit and how we all felt when we were, you know, stuck at home and couldn't really go anywhere. And we were all like, you know, having to talk to each other through Zoom or a lot of people had to work from home. Some people weren't working at all and you know some people had girlfriends or boyfriends they couldn't see and it made them you know horny as fuck so I thought that was kind of funny and then they also um you know get to a point where everybody's like trying to hook up but obviously they can't hook up at their houses or can't find places to bang so they're using Nick's attic so they decide to call his place the hookup house as a place to go and you know fuck and obviously everyone goes there but everything's awkward and everybody's weird and everybody's kind of staring at their phones and it kind of made me laugh this part because usually when you go to a hookup spot whether it's a swingers club or a hookup house or whatever your first thought is oh my god this place is going to be a fuck fest and then you get there and you find out quickly in some cases it's not a fuck fest and literally everybody's just standing around and I think the reason everybody's standing around is because and this is just the truth about human beings in general everyone's afraid to make the first move no one wants to initiate anything as for fear of rejection. Because if you get rejected at a swingers party, you might as well drop your dick or your pussy off in the nearest drop box. Like, if you can't get fucked there, you can't get fucked anywhere, I, I think. So, I think that was probably a reason why a lot of people were nervous. And obviously, you know, Lola's trying to hook up and, you know, Nick's trying to hook up with people. At one point, it looks like they're about to go for each other, but then they don't because even though Lola is lonely and depressed, she still thinks she has high standards, which is fucking hilarious. Obviously, um, Andrew's trying to hook up with Bernie. <laughs> and it's still funny. There's a girl named Bernie Sanders in this fucking show. It is hilarious. 
Sirius. So obviously they're trying to work through their thing and then obviously eventually they all get caught because uh, Andrew's dad is like this, you know, straight-laced guy or so we thought <laughs> going in there accusing his son of being a pervert instead of trying to, you know, explain to him why he's going through the changes. And I think that's an example of what happens when you have very strict, very prude, very religious parents is they spend more time calling you a sexual deviant and not enough time trying to explain to their kids why their body is behaving the way they do. Because, you know, when you're a teenager and you're going through puberty, you're not in control of your hormones. You're horny all the time. You're going insane. You don't know what to do. And the worst part is you don't fucking know why. Then eventually you find out why. And then as you get older, you're able to better control it in a different way where you can think about something that doesn't make you horny or finding a spot to go jerk off so you can get, you know, your head cleared up. And some people do that, whether it's at your house or if you find, or in your car, or if you find a, uh, like a closet or something like, or even a bathroom stall, like trying to do something, find a place to, you know, as they say, get the poison out so you can think more clearly. And the problem is nobody explains this to kids or knows how to do it. So so everybody's just walking around freaking the fuck out. And everybody's calling the other person a freak instead of actually just sitting down and going, look, here's what the fuck is wrong with you. So there's a lot of fuckery going on in this episode. And then, of course, there's a new classmate. And I thought this was kind of funny. Like, uh, Missy wanted to know who the kid was. And they basically said, um, he's just an extra because he's just standing there blinking, which I thought was hilarious because obviously when you're drawing animations, you know, you have the main character that are in there but also there's extras just like if there was a tv show with a class or a movie with a classroom there would be you know the main the characters that are supposed to speak that are in the classroom but then you just have the extras that are just sitting around there to fill up the class you know so that way you have students just sitting there so it looks like a real classroom and not just the main character sitting in one spot so i thought that was kind of cool that they addressed the fact that he was an extra but decided to make him a character because they gave him a voice and everything and i thought that was funny just kind of a fourth wall break and there's a lot of those in this series overall but this season definitely had a lot of fourth wall breaks and i'll obviously address a few more of them uh throughout the show so i thought the first episode was good kind of set the tone for the season then it gets to the 22 and you which obviously is a playoff of 23 and me which is the ancestry test to find out um you know who you are and what kind of heritages you have and obviously the dna test leads nick to uncover a family secret that his parents would refuse to talk to him about it actually gets to a point where the mom is actually, you know, losing her mind and getting angry. Because usually Nick's family is the family that doesn't show emotion, doesn't really get angry, and are so happy and peppy and bursting with love that it's damn near creepy. But even the mom is like yelling and cussing and telling uh, Nick not to find out about it. But of course, when you get defensive like that, it causes, you know, kids to be curious and find out who they are because people want to know about their family and where they come from. And I'm I'm gonna say this right now. I think that you owe it to your family, if you have kids, to tell them where they came from. You know, you need to know about the past and everything else because it's your family, it's your birthright. You know, just because you teach somebody about their past doesn't mean you want them to embrace it. It means you want them to learn from it. And it shows a classic example of why you shouldn't bury the past because it makes you uncomfortable. You should study the past so you can learn from it and learn, okay, why did people do what they do? Why did people behave the way they they behave why was life like this and then understand that as we as human beings evolved and grew up we realize okay these things of the past didn't work anymore for the modern time or weren't right in the first place and that's how we evolved and became the human beings we are today people need to learn their history problem is everybody wants to censor it and it's never good it never ends well and of course jay insists on introducing matthew to the bilzerian clan and that's what makes this one kind of hilarious basically uh jay is walking around and all he wants to do is tell his family about his same-sex boyfriend, Matthew. He wants to talk about him or introduce them and let them know, hey, this is Matt and I love him and I care about him. But of course, the family doesn't want to listen because his brothers are obnoxious fucking animals who apparently have built up immunity to pepper spray, which is kind of fucking funny. Um, his mom is just drunk all the time. His dad is a selfish prick. Uh, he finds out that he has brothers, but none of those brothers want anything to do with Jay. And the only reason they got together was to meet their dad and their dad doesn't even want 
want to meet them. So now it just causes shit all, to happen all over again. So Jay finally just realizes, you know what? Fuck my family. I'll just date Matthew because I love him. And that's basically his mentality. And then, of course, uh, Andrew gets a love bug because they find out that he's uh, falling in love with Bernie. And the love bug is fucking hilarious. It's got an Irish accent, which you can best believe I will be using on Zach until it's no longer funny. I'm definitely going to be using some of these Irish phrases and Irish sayings that we're using this season on Zach. I guarantee to you I will. But the love bug is hilarious because he can't believe how fucked up Andrew really is in a sex department. And the love bug almost doesn't want to work with Andrew until he realizes that even though Andrew is, you know, a little perverted and a chronic masturbator, he does have a good heart and he is a good person. He's just, as the theme song says, he's going through changes in his life. And then, of course, there's episode three. This is, hands down, the most fucked up episode in this whole goddamn series. And, of course, it's called Vagina Shame. And I'm like, oh, God, please, not this. And basically what happens here is it's a whole episode devoted to the vagina. And, you know, the issues that you get with vaginas like uh, yeast infections and, you know, having to, you know, shave off pubes and stuff. And there's a few other stories in there I can't think of off the top of my head. And basically there's a shame maven who's like the female version of a shame wizard named Rita St. Swithins. And she's basically the one that talks about all this stuff. Now, some of you might remember her from the Human Resources show. And by the way, just to be clear, if you've never seen Human Human Resources on Netflix, which is the spinoff show from Big Mouth that revolves around all the hormone monsters. I heavily insist that you watch that first season before you watch this sixth season of Big Mouth. Because if you don't watch Human Resources, a lot of this shit isn't going to make sense to you. Because they took a lot of stories from Human Resources and carried them over here. Why they chose to do that, I have no fucking idea, but they did. So you might want to watch that before you come and watch this because you're not going to understand a lot of this. And basically, you know, a lot of this is funny because they talk about things from the vagina perspective. And they also, it's very educational about the vagina if you want to learn more about it. Uh, but I will say the only part I didn't like was at the beginning where they're like, you know, not all women have vaginas and not everyone that has a vagina is a woman. And I'm like, oh God, not this crap again. And that's when I felt like they were pandering to the woke culture here. I'm like, no, no, I am not going to listen to this crap. I am not going to buy into this bullshit. No, if you have a vagina, you're a woman. I'm not playing this fucking game. Not today. That's the only part of this that made me go, this is fucking stupid. And I'm convinced that there's a lot of woke motherfuckers that they that are involved in this, that they're putting in here to make the woke culture happy so they can get their new season. Now, of course, the cool thing about Big Mouth is they find a way to make things that would normally not be hilarious, hilarious. Like when Jesse had the yeast infection, she, you know, her vagina turned to this evil demon called Beatrice. And she was, he was basically saying, like, you know, make this itch go away. Just take the loofah scrub and pound this vagina. And she literally said, Satan, I will let you slay me and I will birth your child if you just make this pain go away. And I was like, holy shit. This is like funny, creative stuff here. I found it very enjoyable. And then, of course, uh, Lola with the whole grooming thing. And they were trying to basically explain why women shouldn't shave down there or whatever. And, you know, Lola trying to see, like, you know, a lot of guys tend to like the shaved vagina. So they're like, is this normal or whatever? And here's my stance on this. I, I don't know where other people are going to say it, but here's what I'm going to say. Obviously, if you're a woman, it's your decision what you want to do with your vagina. If you want to shave it, shave it. If you don't, don't. But I'm going to say this. If you want a guy to go down on you, shave it. That's my rule. If I go down on a vagina, there are three rules attached to it. Well, technically four. First, you got to be over 18. That's a given. But as far as the cleanliness goes, these are my rules. Number two, shave it. Number three, it's got to be clean. And number four, the girl has to be willing to reciprocate or go first. Because I don't go down on anyone that doesn't go down on me. And that's just my stance. So, you know, it depends. Like a girl can, you can choose not to shave if you want to. But if I see hair, I ain't going down there. That's just not fucking happening on this planet or any other. I'm not doing it. I am not tasting hair pie. I did it once. I'll never do it again. 
I'm just not, 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 not happening. It's not gonna fucking happen. And just to show that I'm fair, I'm the same way. If I know I'm gonna be having sex with somebody, I shave it up. Like right now, it's not, but that's only because I'm not trying to go out and have sex right now. I'm, you know, working, I'm to myself, I'm single. So I'm kind of just, you know, focusing right now on doing stuff like this and I'm buried in my work. But if an opportunity to get laid should present itself and I know in advance I'm gonna do that, I'll shave it up. You know, I clean it up. I clean the area up. Why? Because I want a girl to suck my dick and I want her to enjoy it while she's down there. So that's why I do it. And because I put a lot of work into that area because I want a girl to enjoy herself down there, I want my woman to do the same for me. I think it's fair. But that's just my stance. You guys enjoy whatever you enjoy. So I managed to get through this episode, but I will say it was probably my least favorite of all of them. And then we cut to the rice purity test. This was fucking hilarious. And basically, this is a viral quiz about naughty deeds, and it sparks arguments, unlikely new friendships, and debates. And it's basically a 100-question quiz. And basically, based on your score, it determines whether you are a prude or a slut. Apparently, the more stuff you've done, the slutter you are, the less stuff you've done, the more prude you are. And I actually have never taken this quiz. So right now, here's what I'm going to do. I have the quiz right here in front of me. So right now, as I'm talking to you, I'm going to read what each of these questions are. I'm going to go down the list and we'll determine what my score is. We'll find out right here, right now. So let's see. Question number one, held hands romantically. Yes, I have done that. Number two, been on a date. Yes, I have. Been in a relationship. Yes, I have. Dance without leaving room for Jesus. I think that means slow dance with somebody really, really close to you. Uh, nope, can't say I've done that. Nope, sorry, I'm gonna take that off. Kiss the non-family member. Yes. Kiss the non-family member on the lips. Yes, I have. French kissed. Yes, I have. French kissed in public. Yes. Kissed on the neck. Yes. Kissed horizontally. Yes. Given or received a hickey. Both. Kissed or been kissed on the breast. Yes. Kissed someone below the belt. Yes, I have. Kissed for more than two hours consecutively. Hmm. I don't think I've done that. Played a game involving stripping. No, I haven't. Seen or been seen by another person in a sexual, sensual context. Um, I don't know. Do the cops count? Yeah, I guess. Masturbated. Yes, I have. Masturbated to a picture or video. Oh, yes, I have. Masturbated while someone else was in the room. Unfortunately, yes. Uh, been caught masturbating. No, I haven't. Masturbated with an inanimate object. No, I haven't. Seen or read pornographic material. Yes, I have. Many penthouse magazines. And also watched a lot of porn. Massaged or been massaged sensually. Yes, I have. Visited many parlors. Going through the motions of intercourse while fully dressed. Hmm. Yeah, I think so. Undressed or been undressed by a member of the preferred sex. Yes. No, I don't think I have. Oh, yes, I have undressed a member of the sex. Yeah. Showered with a member of the preferred sex. Yes, I have. I had my fair share of shower sex. Fondled or had your butt cheeks fondled? Um, mm, I don't think I've done that. Fondled or had your breasts fondled? Yes. Fondled or had your genitals fondled? Yes. Had or given blue balls? Oh, yeah, I've had that. Had an orgasm due to someone else's manipulation? I have no idea what the fuck that even means. Um, sent a sexually explicit text or instant message? Oh, yes, I have. Seen or received photographs? Yes, I have. Engaged in sexually explicit activity over video chats? Have I done it over video chat? No, I don't think I have. Cheated on a significant other during a relationship? Never done that. Purchased contraceptives? Yes. Gave oral sex? Yes, I have. Received oral sex? Yes, I have. Ingested someone else's genital secretion? Ew. Have not done that. Use a sex toy with a partner? Nope. Spent the night with a member of the preferred sex? Yes, I have. Been walked in on while engaging in a sexual act? Yes, I have. Sadly. Kicked a roommate out to commit a sexual act? No, I haven't. Ingested alcohol in a non-religious context? Yes, I have. Played a drinking game? Yes, I have. Been drunk? Yes, I have. Fake sobriety to parents or, teenage or, or teachers? Nope. Had severe memory loss due to alcohol? No. Used tobacco? Yes. Used marijuana? Yes, I have. Used a drug stronger than marijuana? Sadly, yes. Used methamphetamine, crack cocaine, PCP, horse tranquilizers, or heroin? Nope. Been sent to the office of a principal... Dean or Judicial Affairs represented for a disciplinary infraction? Yes, I have. Been put on disciplinary probation or suspended? I think so, yeah. Urinated in public? Yes, I have. Gone skinny dipping? Yes, I have. Gone streaking? Yes, I have. Seen a stripper? Yep. Had the police call on you? Nope. Run from the police? Nope. Had the police question you? Yes. Had the police handcuff you? Yes. Been arrested? Yes. Been convicted of a crime? 
Nope. Been convicted of a felony. Nope. Committed an act of vandalism. No. Had sexual intercourse. Yes. Had sexual intercourse three or more times in one night. Uh, with the same person? Oh, yeah. 69. <laughs> yep. Done that. Had sexual intercourse ten or more times. Yes. Had sexual intercourse with four or more positions. Um, I don't think so. I've usually done me on top, the girl on top, hit it from behind. Yeah, I don't think it's done. No. Had sexual intercourse with a stranger or person you met within 24 hours. Yes. Had sexual intercourse in a motor vehicle. Oh, yeah, many times. Had sexual intercourse outdoors. Yes, I have. Had sexual intercourse in public. Yes, I have. Had sexual intercourse in a swimming pool or a hot tub. Have I fucked in a pool or a hot tub? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I want to try it, though. Had sexual intercourse in a bed not belonging to you or your partner. Yes, I have. Had sexual intercourse while you or your partner's parents were in the same home. Um, yeah, I think so. Had sexual intercourse with non-participating third party in the same room. <laughs> yeah, I did. One time, uh, I had a girlfriend hook up while Jerry was asleep on the couch. He was asleep on one couch. We were banging on the other couch. Joined the Mile High Club. No, I haven't. Participated in a booty call with a partner whom you were not in a relationship with. No. Travel 100 or more miles for the primary purpose of sexual intercourse? Yes, I have, unfortunately. Had sexual intercourse with a partner with a three or more year age difference? Yes, I definitely have. I've had a band of girl older, or younger and older than me. I've been with older women. I've been with younger women. I've been with women the same age as me. I've been all over the place. Had sexual intercourse with a virgin? No. Had sexual intercourse without a condom? Yes, I have. Had an STI due to reasonable suspicion? No. Had an STI? Nope. Had a threesome? Yes. Attended an orgy? Nope. Had two or more distinct acts of sexual intercourse with two or more people within 24 hours. Um, one time, yes. Had sexual intercourse with five or more partners. Uh, no. Wait, I'll forget to say yes. Been photographed or filmed during sexual intercourse by yourself or others. Yes, one time. Had period sex. <laughs> Sadly, yes. Had anal sex. Yes. Uh, I fucked a girl on the ass. I didn't get fucked in the ass, just for that record. Had a pregnancy scare. Ooh, yeah. Impregnated someone or been impregnated. Yeah, but she had a miscarriage a week later. Paid or been paid for a sexual act. <laughs> Everyone knows I paid for sex. Committed an act of voyeurism? No. Committed an act of incest? No. Engaged in bestiality? No. So, we're about to calculate my score. Holy shit, my score's a 30. Okay. According to my rice purity test, I am a 30. Uh, interpret that however you want. I thought it'd be higher than that. I guess not. Anyway, so this starts to spark, you know, interesting things here. Like, everyone thinks that Jesse and Lola are sluts, and, you know, some people are found to be more prudish than they actually are. Like, Nick's a total prude, apparently, because he hasn't really done anything. Then again, these kids are in fucking middle school. If you got, if you got a high number in middle school, or if you're, if you got a slutty number in middle school, you're, you're on the verge of having your whole life fucked up. That's all I gotta say. And then, of course, Matthew plans a baby shower for Maury, and Connie, of course, is going through the whole thing of she's not happy that uh, Maury's pregnant. In fact, in the Human Resources episode, Connie expressed not wanting a kid, and then eventually, after they go through the whole ordeal with um, uh, Jesse's dad's girlfriend getting pregnant and going through that ordeal, all of a sudden, Connie starts to realize she wants to be part of the baby's life, and she um, is able to get Maury to take her back, and they, you know, make peace at the baby shower until eventually the baby's already born and they call him Montel and you know they say is it a boy or a girl and he's like don't put your cisgender norms on my baby and I'm like oh god I, I don't know if I should laugh at this or if I should be like this is getting goddamn ridiculous but anyway we move on to the next episode which is um Andrew's gonna touch a boob and the whole process is about how Andrew and Bernie are planning on fondling each other and getting busy and Andrew's house because bernie comes over for a visit and obviously these two are perfect for each other they clearly want each other it looks like everything's going well uh unfortunately the family dinner ends up going to hell because the dad is not happy that the mom is spending too much time at the synagogue and of course he accuses the rabbi of sleeping with his wife and his wife basically says she goes there because she likes doing it it makes her happy and she's not happy in her marriage and that uh andrew's dad is basically an asshole which we've known that since the beginning of this whole fucking series by the way if you haven't figured out by this point that andrew's dad's a fucking asshole and a weirdo and fucked in the head and clearly has no idea how to be a fucking parent you haven't been paying attention to this fucking series that's all i gotta say about that now of course eventually um andrew still wants to hook up with bernie but eventually he has a mental breakdown because he realized his mom left the house he has no idea where his mom is he's not coming back and then eventually bernie just comforts andrew Drew while they each say they love each other and it becomes a romantic moment now another thing that happens here is nick sets out to meet his 
grandfather. Because earlier when the parents refused to talk to um, Nick about the past, he decides to go snooping around the closet. And because Andrew's a natural pervert, he knows where any uh, dirty secrets are kept. And he finds out that his dad and his grandfather were titty-twisting warriors. And they come from a long line of nipple twisters and how they compete in nipple twisting competitions and how his dad trained him. And the only reason his dad did it was because he wanted his his own father's love. But after he ripped this guy's nipples off, he was ashamed. So he left his grandfather, he left his dad and came to America and eventually met his mom, got married and had Nick. And Nick wanted to learn more about it, but nobody wanted to teach him anything. So he goes out to meet him and he realizes this guy is old and sad and pathetic and living in this rundown house and basically has this, you know, thick Irish accent or Scottish accent. I don't know what the fuck accent it is. I just know it's fucking hilarious. The dude is practically pissing in beer cans. He's had beer and oatmeal and there's like bird shit everywhere and it's just, it's gross and disgusting. I can barely sit through this episode. Nick finally snaps, calls his dad to come get him and when his dad shows up, he sees how horrible of a life his, gran- his, his actual father's living and he decides to take him into the house and try to rehabilitate his dad because he said we're birches and we we help people even when we don't like them because he think he knows it's the right thing to do he's trying to be the bigger man even though in reality his father doesn't deserve it even though he's and he's awesome, he's fucking hilarious, and he becomes a breath of fresh air for this fucking series. And Jay, of course, uh, tries to cook up some romance for Matthew, you know, tries to, you know, create this romantic dinner, they try to hook up, and of course the pillows come back into play, and Jay eventually decides to get rid of the pillows. Now the funny part is, the pillows are actually talking to Matthew, but Matthew can't see the pillows' faces. So he thinks Jay is paranoid and out of his fucking mind, which makes this ten times funnier. But eventually he gets rid of the pillows and they actually legit disappear for good because they realize you see Jay starting to change who he is to better himself for Matthew because he loves him. Then we cut to the Apple brooch. The voice of a slick new tech accessory hypnotizes people into doing things they normally wouldn't do. And basically it's voiced by uh, Jeff Goldblum and it's fucking hilarious because basically everybody wants this brooch because everybody thinks if I have it, people will think I'm cool, I'll get attention, everyone will love me, blah blah blah. And it just ends up making everybody's life miserable because Nick is desperate for it. Andrew's desperate for it. Um, Jesse gets one from her mom because she's trying to compete with uh, her ex-husband's new girlfriend because, you know, it's, it's what happens when parents get split up or divorced. They try to use gifts to win the parent, to win the child over so the child will, lo- will love them more or spend more time with them by giving them fancy shit. And they try to compete for the attention. And that starts to become a growing trend in here. And of course you see more of Montel who is basically doing a whole thing about breastfeeding and of course um, Maury's the one that's breastfeeding but instead of milk he has Mountain Dew. Like Code Red's in one nipple and the regular green says in the other nipple but Montel prefers the, the Code Red so he's only sucking on one tit so while the other one is like damn near destroyed the, the green one's just filling up and it's hurting like hell and he's begging Montel to, to drink it but he won't drink it. Then we got Missy who is grappling with the concept of sin because she's over here with the new boyfriend and he's finding out that he's super religious and at one of the religious functions they talk about you know the the sin of masturbation and basically they're saying that it's wrong to masturbate or it's a sin to masturbate or whatever which of course people try to put into people's minds that it's wrong to masturbate and here's the thing that's fucking bullshit (laughs) i'm sorry i can't imagine being around anybody that thinks masturbation is a problem it's not there is nothing wrong with masturbation if you're alone by yourself everybody knows that okay if anything i think masturbation is healthy in fact one of my former uh, clients uh, dr collier he used to say in his facebook live videos that frequent ejaculation by any means necessary actually gives you a healthy prostate so guys if you um, want to have a healthy prostate and try to prevent yourself from having prostate cancer when you're older you know obviously there's a lot of other things you can do as well but one of the best things is frequent ejaculation
ejaculation, and you can't overdo it. He said, you should be ejaculating at least twice a week minimum, but you can go as many times as you want, and that it's healthy for the prostate. So as far as I'm concerned, um, religion can suck it because I'd rather have a healthy prostate because God may, may or may not have a problem with masturbation, but I don't think he wants me to die from prostate cancer either. So, sorry, I want to live a long and healthy life because God's got a plan for me. I'm pretty sure he'll forgive me for the masturbation later because there's a lot of other people that have committed worse sins than that that make it to heaven because they convert to Christianity at the last second. Then, of course, we cut to um, Daddy Dia, which, of course, is the parody of Mama Mia because we find out that Lola has three um, potential dads, just like how in Mama Mia, the female main character had three potential dads. So they're going with this whole thing. And basically, Lola is singing a song bragging about Hot Pockets, which I'm pretty sure Jim Gaffigan's gonna have a joke about at some point. I mean, I'm surprised Jim Gaffigan wasn't in this episode when they wrote it because everybody knows when it comes to comedy, Jim Gaffigan is like the Hot Pocket guy pretty much because he literally has people at his shows going, Hot Pocket. So she burns her mouth, she sues the Hot Pocket company and gets a fuck ton of money or so we thought. And the next thing we know, there are these, um, this boy band shows up claiming to all three be her dad because they all potentially hooked up with her mom while they were on the road being famous. So Lola's happy and she kicks this guy to the curb. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but I know he's like this parole officer that's basically been a father figure to Lola throughout the last couple seasons while her mom has basically been out on the road with the band Hoobastank. But then you discover that those people weren't really her dads. They just wanted to get a crack of her money. Then they find out she didn't have money because instead of um, getting money in the settlement, she decided to get a giant hot pocket in the settlement, which I will say right off the bat is fucking stupid, but at least it showed that those three guys were lying sacks of shit trying to scam her. And I will say that's an effective way to get rid of a scammer, but the fact that she actually did that means she is a fucking idiot. I'm sorry. Now, of course, Mitzi takes her dad to Elijah's church. Now I remember the guy's name, Elijah. Um, And they go because there's a daddy-daughter dance. But then his dad discovers that they're doing a purity dance where the dads are vowing to help their daughters protect their virginity. And the dad doesn't like that because he believes that it shouldn't be a parent's choice of what they do with their virginity. That kids should be allowed to make their own decisions. He's a modern-day parent. But Missy tries to explain to him that this is her choice to make. She's choosing to protect her virginity. And when her dad finds out that it's actually her choice and she's not being manipulated, he grows to accept that. He still doesn't make the promise, but he respects her decision. And here's the thing. In a perfect world, if I have a daughter, (laughs) she's not having sex while she's in school. Not fucking happening. And I would probably kill any boy that hooked up with her. I probably would. Or tried to. I, I, I can't honestly say that I would do that. But I will say this. Regardless of whether I have a son or a daughter or whatever, if I felt they were at the age where sex was going to become a thing, I would be smart enough to get them on some type of protection just in case something happens. Because I believe the worst thing you can do as a parent is tell your kid not to have sex and be stupid enough to think they're actually going to fucking listen to you. Because if you think they're actually going to fucking listen to you, you're a fucking moron. Because I don't believe that giving your kids contraceptions is encouraging them to have sex. It's a, in case you're in a situation where it's going to happen, here, you got something to protect yourself. That that way, at least, you know, there's no babies coming as a result. Because not having your kids prepared is how you end up on Team Mom on MTV. And of course, there's also the incident with the grandfather living in the house. And they try to get rid of him by trying to sell his house and put him in assisted living, which he doesn't want to go to. And... Of course, the grandfather is a dick throughout this whole fucking thing. And he is fucking hilarious. Like, you know, the Andrew's constantly having to take a shit, mostly because he's got this, like, dick thing that's attached that literally locks your dick in place and only um, Nick's mom has the key to unlock it because it's done on Bluetooth. And he's like, take that shittin' boy and get the fuck out of my house. And they finally get in an argument because they're watching, like, the fact that it basically Nick's mom is basically saying that he wants him out of there. And he goes, why don't you just grow a vagina? And eat your own pussy. Which is true, because Nick's dad's a fucking doormat. And I think we've noticed that throughout this entire fucking series. And then eventually, he he call, he said, the grandfather says that she's a bloated old hag. And he goes, what did you say about my wife? She goes, your wife's a bitch. She goes, she goes Sharon is a goddess. And he 
punches his dad in the face and knocks him out. And he feels bad because he can't believe he hit his dad. But then his dad gets up and says, good on you, son. And that's when he gives him a hug and says he's proud of him. And then they start to form a bond again. And all of a sudden, his dad becomes this fucking badass. So he decides to let his dad stay there permanently and then gets in his wife's face and says, this is how things are going to be from now on. And he said, this is not what we talked about. And he goes, no, we don't talk, Sharon. We talk and then we end up doing whatever you want to do. Well, now we're doing whatever I want to do. Now get your ass upstairs because I want my dessert, which is basically eating her pussy. And she's so turned on by his aggressiveness, she just goes up the stairs. And that is a funny thing. And that's and that's another thing that people notice is a lot of times when a girl just walks all over a guy, sometimes she'll reach a point where she doesn't respect him. Once the guy gets in her face, all of a sudden she's turned on. Like there are women out there that get turned on by an aggressive guy. Like, obviously, don't be too aggressive. Obviously, no means no in certain regards, but sometimes if a guy just takes charge, it turns a girl on, especially if she's used to being the aggressor. If she meets a guy who's equally, if not more aggressive, she instantly gets turned on, and that's what makes her the sub, because she finally found somebody that can handle her. Then, of course, you cut to uh, the asexual healing, and this is where we discover that Elijah is asexual, which means he has no sexual attraction to anyone, which is a real thing, and it's not that he doesn't like Missy, it's just that for some reason he has no sexual urge like everybody else. Like he's trying to get horny, he's trying to get turned on, but nothing turns him on. At first they thought maybe it was his religion or his faith that was preventing him from feeling that way, but it turns out he doesn't have it in him. Now that's not to say he might not have it later, but right now he doesn't have it. And that's the thing, there are some people, especially in middle and high school, who just don't have those feelings. Some people just don't get there for whatever reason. Sometimes they might experience it later in life. Sometimes they never experience it at all. Like there are some people who just don't enjoy having sex and just can't get turned on for whatever reason. And he learns this about himself and it makes him scared. So now he's like afraid to be around Missy because he's afraid she won't understand or she won't want to be around him, which of course in turn causes Missy to think maybe she's coming on too strong or maybe he doesn't find her attractive because that's the number one thing women go to when a guy does not want to hook up with them. They start to think one of two things. They think either he's gay or he thinks I'm ugly. Those are the two things women go to. They never stop to think, well, maybe he's going through something. That's never a thought in their mind. They have to think, I'm desirable. I'm sexy. Everybody wants to have sex with me. Why would this man not want to have sex with me? Men want to have sex with everybody. They just they just can't control themselves. They want to fuck, 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 fuck. And that it causes them to go fucking crazy. And then, of course, uh, Andrew finds out about Bernie's friend, Ashley, who's a guy. And he hops a train to Vermont to surprise him, only to get um, kicked off the bus for shitting on the Greyhound bus and clogging the toilet. Then he gets a game in a car with a creepy guy who we're convinced is a fucking pedophile. But then the cops stop him. He runs into the woods. He finally gets to the house. And he basically tries to tell Bernie that, he can't, that he's there. And they find out he's there because he's jealous. And then Ashley confesses his love for Bernie. And Bernie decides to go with Ashley and not Andrew. Andrew collapses into tears. Eventually his parents, his mom specifically, comes and picks him up and brings him home. This to me is the saddest episode in the whole fucking series because I didn't like this. I mean, we finally found somebody that understands Andrew and is perfect for him. And instead of doing anything with it, they just kick him to the curb and make him a single loser all over again. And my question is why? When you finally find somebody who's perfect for a character, why do they always feel compelled to write those people out of shows? I I really need to sit down with TV and sitcom writers or cartoon writers and figure this shit out. Like, why is it that people in a series can never be happy? Or there's one person who is happy, but the other person always ends up being single and alone and fucking miserable when they actually find their better half. I can understand if they never found their better half. If they never found somebody that was perfect for them in every way. But when you finally find a character that another character can mesh with perfectly and there's great chemistry, why get rid of them? That makes no fucking sense. If anything, it would make Andrew a better person. Because he could still do perverted things. He'd be doing somebody else instead of being the weird masturbator every fucking series. You know? It would give other people a chance to maybe solve their problems and get more character development. But really, the only character development we're seeing is with the hormone monsters. Or Jay. And then we cut 
cut to the parents aren't all right because Andrew and Nick are dealing with the parental crises that they're dealing with where basically um, Andrew's parents go to therapy. Andrew now is at a point where he's wetting he's wetting the bed due to stress. Now he's walking around with an adult diaper because he can't stop wetting himself because he's under so much stress because, you know, he can't stand the thought of his parents potentially getting divorced. And his dad, his love bug, is basically on his deathbed throughout this entire season, but he finally muscles up the strength to try to get him to try to work out his marriage. But no matter what happens, they just can't seem to get it right. And then, of course, um, Jesse meets her new sibling, uh, Delilah, after his uh, after um, his dad's girlfriend gives birth. And then, basically, they're going through the phase of the sibling wants to phase Jesse out. And this touches on to a, another thing that people get worried about is that whenever your mom and dad have a, have a, have a baby, another baby, you're thinking that you're going to be phased out because the baby's going to get a lot of attention. But when you're a kid, what you don't realize is the reason the baby gets so much attention is because the baby can't do a goddamn fucking thing for himself or herself. You, on the other hand, are at an age where you can do not everything for yourself, but certain things. The baby's gonna get more attention because the baby's gonna fucking die, die if it doesn't. That's why. You learn. That's why babies get more attention or the younger sibling gets more attention because they have to teach it shit that it's already taught you. Like, hopefully by the time your parents have that second child, you're at least able to walk on your own, feed yourself, you're potty trained. Like, if you know how to do all that stuff, then you might not need as much attention as the other child does. I mean, you still need attention because they need to, you still got growing up to do and they still got to take care of you as well. But babies are a pain in the ass. So now Jesse has to deal with the fact that the baby wants to phase them out. And of course, Matthew realizes he's made Jay into a different person because uh, Jay decides not to get back in with magic or doesn't care that he's not a magician anymore. Uh, He decides to stop uh, being a party wolf and going crazy and he literally makes himself into the perfect gentleman. But Matthew realizes is that by doing that, Jay's not the same anymore, or he's made Jay completely change for him, and Matthew realizes it's not fair to Jay to make him change everything about himself just to make him happy. So he basically, um, you know, breaks up with Jay, and they do the whole um, White Fang thing, like they did, uh, like when um, Ethan Hawke had to get rid of um, White Fang, because he realizes he can't keep him anymore, and he tells him to get, and he uses the stick thing to get him to leave, because um, that was the only way he could get him to leave, because the stick was what the White Fang's uh, former owner used to abuse him. So by doing that, it triggered a memory in him and he was finally able to uh, run away. So they kind of did a parody of that and eventually uh, Jay tore off his clothes, howled like a wolf and ran into the woods and then eventually just passed out. And then that leads us to the final episode which is called Fucked Up Friday, which is basically a parody of Freaky Friday where people are swapping bodies. For example, um, Andrew and his dad switch bodies. Uh, Nick and his grandfather switch bodies. Jay doesn't switch bodies with anybody, but ends up inside Coach Steve's body, and they're basically a split personality. And Jay's actual body gets dragged off by wolves. And then Jesse switches bodies with the baby. So Jesse's trapped inside the baby. Meanwhile, uh, Jesse's just you know drooling all over herself and sucking on her foot, basically doing everything that a baby does. And Lola's basically taking care of her. But Lola isn't. But for all Lola knows. She thinks that Jesse's on tranquilizers. So he's being so she's being sympathetic to everything that she does, even though she's behaving like a baby, because there's a baby trapped inside her fucking body. And they go through all the ordeals, the trials and tribulations, and basically in this one, what they do is they realize they have to set things right. Like Missy and Nathan Fillion, they switch bodies because they all wish to, you know, be in those situations and they got it. So then what they do is um, you know, Andrew's Andrew's Andrew and his dad basically team up to win back Andrew's mom and finally um, you know he uses uh, Andrew's dad uses Andrew to finally admit all the things he couldn't say like the fact that he thought he wasn't enough anymore and thought he had to be tough and didn't want to show weakness and didn't want to show vulnerability but he truly loves his wife and then they switch bodies and everything's back to normal there. Um, Nick as his grandfather shows his dad the love that he never showed him and then finally Nick realizes everything too and then they 
they switch back bodies and then his dad becomes the soft daddy again. He goes back to being his old self because he finally got the love and approval from his from his, from his father, Nick's grandfather. And then while um, Jesse's in the baby body, they're trying, they're wondering why she's crying and they're trying to feed her, but really she needs to burp or fart or whatever. So what happens is um, after Jesse and the baby switch bodies, Jesse runs in and says, you gotta burp the baby, you gotta burp the baby. So she burps the baby, so, the, so they burp the baby, it farts, it burps, and then Jesse and the baby start getting along. So by the end of this episode, everybody's bonding. And then with the Missy and Nathan Fillion situation, uh, Elijah finally confesses that he's asexual, and that's the that was the problem he was having. And Missy decides to accept him for who he is, and they stay together in a relationship. And then Nathan Fillion goes back to the movie set, or whatever the fuck he was doing. And I love the fact that he basically would plug his show throughout the episode, which I thought was hilarious. And I also thought, you know, the, the episode ends with uh, Maury and uh, Andrew talking in the bedroom about how weird everything was, and that ends the whole series. So I thought it ended kind of flat. So, and up until I went online, that's when I discovered that there will be a season seven of Big Mouth. Because apparently they're going to do a season two of Human Resources as well, and that's when they announced early this year there will be a season seven of Big Mouth. So I'm, I like the reassuring of that. Because if this is how the whole series is going to end, I thought it would have sucked. Now, there's no word yet on whether season seven will be the final season or not. But I will say this. If they do a woke bullshit season again like they did here i can see this being next season being the final season especially when they try to do the whole you know gender neutral bullshit that they threw in here earlier like talking about how wrong it is to assign gender roles and shit like that and you know here's the thing all right here are the facts just because you're a guy or a girl doesn't mean you have to do certain things but here's what it means okay men and women are different and what people need to do is they need to stop seeing different as being better or worse and just accepting that we're different people. Men and women operate differently. They think differently. They act differently. They look differently. It's just how we're built. But here's the thing. Just because you're a woman doesn't mean you're banned from doing certain jobs. If you're a woman and you want to be a plumber, go be a plumber. If you want to be a mechanic, go be a mechanic. If you want to do something else that's considered a manly job, apply for it. You know why? Because they're not allowed to gender discriminate. You can be whatever you want to be. People literally say, be whatever you want. Don't let society dictate what you can do. Let your talents dictate what you can do. Let your passion dictate what you can do. Hell, if you're a guy and you want to be a receptionist, go be a receptionist. You want to be a flight attendant, go be a flight attendant. I don't give a fuck what you do. Jobs do not define you. What I'm not going to tolerate is the whole concept of there's different genders and different pronouns. Fuck all that. There's two genders and that's it. And I don't care if that offends anybody. You cannot argue with clear science and facts. And it makes me laugh because the same people that try to ignore science when it comes to gender are the same people who will preach about science all day long when they want to talk about climate change. Like, all these facts are backed by science. So is the whole male and female debate. There's men and there's women. That's backed by science. But you want to ignore that to cater to someone's feelings. That ain't how the world works, ladies and gentlemen. And I just want to get that off my chest. Stop thinking that because you're a guy or a girl, you have to do a certain thing. You don't. But you're still a guy or you're still a girl and that's it. But pick whatever job you want to pick. Hell, I remember one time I had a flat tire and I had to call AAA. There was a female who worked for AAA that changed my fucking tire. And she was jacked and she did a hell of a great job and did it emasculate me? No. Why? Because that's her job. She gets paid to do it. I personally can't change a tire. Props to her. She's awesome. But anyway, that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this season six review of Big Mouth. I want to thank you guys for tuning in and make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash the Boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Make sure you guys follow the Boochcast on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Videos, visit our YouTube channel, check out all of our YouTube content, and of course, be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Also, make sure you are following us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, April 1st and Sunday, April 2nd for nights one and two of WrestleMania 39. That's right. 
right, join us for the biggest wrestling event of the year as WrestleMania goes Hollywood. And we check out both nights of WrestleMania. So we'll be doing two separate live streams on two separate days. So it's not going to be one continuous thing. Basically, from beginning to end, night one, we're going to be doing on Saturday. Then we're going to stop. Then on Sunday, from beginning to end of night two of WrestleMania, that's how far they're going to go. So make sure you join us both nights for this historic WrestleMania, which is guaranteed to be just as good, if not better, than last year. Also, we have our D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and another special project in the works. Also, you guys can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. Every little bit helps. Our first level is 99 cents, $1 per month. Our second level is $4.99, $5 per month. Same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99, $10 per month. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold it the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. So $10.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike All Elite Wrestling, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. Now, the best part is all the money that we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We use to upgrade our equipment. We use to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you've got a favorite co-host and you believe they deserve to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed uh, Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and continue our quest to try and get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we...